Hello and welcome to United's podcast and sermon archives. If you would like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at fergusunited.org or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and we hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. what I do on Sundays. I'm going to preach a place of unending discovery. A place of unending discovery. I would ask the question today, what is it that lured so many men and women out of their comfort of their homes and their land and into a ship during the 17th century? There's a lot of exploration that took place in the 17th century. What was it that caused them to sail headlong into the horizon when much of the world around them believed that the earth was flat and they were just going to disappear off the edge somewhere? What drives an individual to do that? Why would someone be willing to board a small vessel even today? I was talking with my kids yesterday. We were driving and they like to play that would you rather. And it had something to do with being way underwater. And one place I would never want to be is in a submarine. Just something unsettling about the idea of being in a submarine. What would cause a person to desire to get into a small metal vessel and delve into the depths of the ocean to see what they could find? For that matter, what causes someone to strap themselves into a rocket ship and be blasted out of orbit into outer space? What is it? I mean, there's got to be something. I would present to us that it's the same thing that drives us to go on any new endeavor. It's what caused me a few weeks ago to want to go to the Boundary Waters. You know why I really wanted to go to the Boundary Waters? Because I had never been to the Boundary Waters. And the name makes it sound really cool. You're on the boundary. You're pushing the limits. You're finding new things. It's a vast area, and so that drive to go back is still there because I still have an opportunity to see new stuff. Whether you're exploring a sea or trying a new food or going to a new place or stepping out of your comfort zone to meet new people or maybe start a new job or make a major move, the motivation is common. The common motivation in all of these adventures, both small and great, is the untold possibilities offered by exploration. Is that echoing out there? A little bit? I'm going to turn it down a bit and see if it gets any better. It's weird. Sometimes when you're behind the speaker, I hear things that you don't. I just want to make sure it's not driving you crazy. The common motivation is the possibility offered by exploration. To explore. To find something new. To see something you've never seen before. By definition, to explore is to travel in or through an unfamiliar country or area in order to learn about or familiarize oneself with it. To explore, to get in there. You can't explore just by looking at a map. You can become knowledgeable, but you have not explored that area. To go out, to get your hands dirty, to be familiar with a new area. Sometimes life gives us the nudge we need to strike off and do a new adventure because things become difficult where we are. And when when things get difficult and we don't like where we are, it's it's kind of the boot that we need to try something new. And so we find ourselves flailing into a new adventure to escape where we are. However, in, in the good times or the bad, there's still a sense of wonder 
and curiosity that can be or, or that is there to find out what's around the next bend. The question that has to be asked is, then what are we looking for? Throughout the history of mankind, people have been searching the depths of the sea, the ends of the earth, the expanses of the sky, relationships. And everywhere you look, we have we've searched. Doctors explore the body. Psychiatrists explore the, explore the mind. Historians explore the past. And inventors explore what could be. But what is it that we're looking for? In all the searching, it's clear that we're looking for something. Something is missing, and it drives us to continue to explore. Let's read Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. It starts out either, because this parable is, is sandwiched between a few others. But it says, Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver... If she loses one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Could it be that what we're searching for is not necessarily something that's yet to be discovered, but rather something that was lost. Something that was lost. The Scripture lets us know that if, if this lady, and, and Jesus is telling a parable, so our job then is to place ourselves in the parable. We become the lady who, she had ten pieces of silver and she lost one. And what does she do? She begins to explore. She begins to light a candle so that she can see better and, and she starts to clean the clutter out of the way and look around and look under things and behind things until she finds the thing that she lost. Well, when we begin to delve into Scripture, there is something uh, that happens almost immediately in the book of Genesis, and there is something that's lost. Because when God created mankind, when He, he created you and I, when He created Adam and Eve in the beginning, the desire was that there would be a, a being that had a free will in which God could have a relationship with. And the Scripture tells us that God would come into the garden in the cool of the day and He would walk with Adam and Eve. And there was a close bond and there was a relationship there. He would talk with them. How cool would that be? You're on your way home and God just kind of shows up in the passenger seat and there's a conversation that takes place. There is an, an actual relationship. And we read about the sin. We read about the disobedience that took place when Eve and then Adam partake of the fruit and they disobey God and there's all of these punishments that befall mankind Adam and Eve but sin never only affects the sinner there's always a fallout and we're so quick to find ourselves in Adam and Eve's position that many times we fail to recognize that God lost something in this exchange as well his his creation the ones that he longed to commune with and fellowship with and walked with he no longer could Sin had severed the relationship. There was, there was something now that stood between them. Just maybe this drive to explore that so grips humanity is a misguided attempt to fill the void in our lives created by a missing relationship with God. Some have sought to fill this missing element with the discovery of new lands, maybe successful business ventures, 
There's a lot of positive things that people have explored. There's a lot of negative things. People try to fill this void with drugs and immoral sexual activity and alcohol. They're searching. They're looking. Nobody wakes up in one morning and says, you know what, I think I, I, think I want to be a junkie. Where, where does that person come from? How did they get that way? It's because they, they started out searching for something that was missing. No one wakes up and says, you know, I think I'll just be a workaholic and I'm going to give my life to my career because making money for other people is the most important thing to me. No, but they're searching for something. They're searching for an affirmation. They're searching for a sense of belonging, that relationship that was lost. Yet none of these discoveries can fulfill the desire. And so we just keep looking. We just keep pressing. We keep going a little further. Some will satisfy the, the longing for a little while. That's why there are times at the end of an adventure, at the end of something new, we sit back and we feel accomplished and we feel good about life for a little while. And then it's just a little, little time goes by and we find ourselves again thinking, you know what, if I could just do this, if I could just reach that goal, if I could just have this thing, I, I'm not content, I'm not happy. Why? Because, because I'm longing for something that things and achievements can't fulfill. None of these things can fill that void. It's important for us to recognize that Jesus is searching for that relationship. That's, a, that's kind of a novel concept. We don't think about this very often. What do you mean God is, is searching? God is, is searching for that lost relationship. Adam and Eve's sin, like I said, did not just affect them. But Jesus lost out on the relationship as well. And from that point in Genesis all the way through the last pages of Revelation, what we're reading is a story of God's attempt to redeem a relationship that was lost. Over and over again, He tries to work through the conscience of man. And when that's not enough, He, he delivers the law to Moses and He tries to fashion a, a, a structure in which the people could live in and, and that might restore relationship. And, and He gives prophets and He gives kings and He gives judges and, he, and He's constantly reaching until ultimately He Himself comes and explores the life of a man and He dies the death of a sinner to pay the price for us. Why? So that maybe, maybe the relationship could be restored. It's an amazing Scripture that says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There was no promise to God that day when He spread His arms out on the cross and shed His blood that you would accept Him, that you would then enter back into that relationship, that you would live for Him. He died for the potential of a restored relationship because He's searching for it. He's searching for it. The question then is, what are we looking for? It amazes me that relationship cannot be restored by one party. All that God did, and I would never downplay Calvary, but it's just the fact of the matter, everything that Jesus did on that day wasn't enough to restore relationship. Because restored relationship requires two active parties. God is searching, He's looking, but, but what is He looking for? Psalms chapter number 14 Verses 1 and 2. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. So that's the foolish man. And we have contrasted, what is God looking for? Verse 2. The Lord looked down from heaven 
upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. God is looking for people who are looking for Him. His eyes are scanning for individuals that have decided to set aside temporal pursuits of this world and to begin to seek their Maker. Above money, above fame, above pleasure, above anything that the world could offer and really set their heart after Him. Jeremiah 29 and 13 says it like this, as God is speaking to His people through the prophet, And you shall seek Me and find Me when you search for Me with all your heart. With all your heart. Your spiritual adversary wants to convince you that you cannot find God. He doesn't want to be found by you. You're too far gone to reach God now. This produces within us a fear of failure, and for many people, the fear of failure is, is greater than the failure itself. And so if there's a good chance I'm going to fail, then I would just rather not even try. Because at least then, I don't have to experience bitter failure. And so your adversary is, is launching a campaign to get you to just not even try. I would let you know today that fear is a natural uh, emotion when facing exploration. I would have to venture to say that there were moments when Lewis and Clark found themselves looking at a horizon they did not understand. They didn't know what was over the, the other mountain. They didn't know what they were going to face. Probably after an encounter with a grizzly bear or, and fear sets in. And it would have been easier to turn around and say, look, look at what we've already charted. And we would probably still celebrate them in history. We would probably still talk about all of their accomplishments. But there was something inside of them that said, yes, we're afraid, but, but, but what is over there? We've got to keep going. I think it's a natural thing to be fearful when you're the one strapped into a space shuttle and the, the rumbling starts and it's 10, 9. That's a scary moment. I don't know that I want to be in that moment. You know, I'm trying to find the, where's the exit door? You know, can I bail out in the next 10 seconds? Fear is a natural thing. But the Scripture admonishes us to allow our faith to speak louder than our fear and that's what gives us the courage to continue to explore the kingdom of God. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. It says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. That's a good place to start. Believe that He is God. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And I like when Scripture is clear enough to use adjectives. Those that diligently seek Him. Now the lady in the parable in the beginning, she dropped a piece of silver. And that's kind of hard for us to, to wrap our head around. If you're in the store and the clerk gives you your change back and you drop a penny, you might pick it up. I'm cheap, so I always pick it up. But if it rolls around and, and it's hard to find... I'm probably going to do one of these. But, but if I drop something more valuable, I mean, if we get carried, if I drop a quarter, I'm going to find my quarter. Diligently. You know, people are, are kind of approaching this thing. Sometimes they're going through life like, yeah, I love Jesus. I'm just, 
I hope he shows up. You know, I, I like when he shows up in life and just does some things. And, and we're doing like the penny thing if we're not careful. Yeah, I sure hope God shows up today. And then there are others that are, that are on an, an exploration. And they're diligently, with all of their heart, seeking after God. I'm willing to turn over some rocks. I'm, I'm willing to go through some obstacles and, and take a little bit of time. Whatever it takes, I, I've got to be diligent. I've got to be committed to actively seeking after God. And I think it's cool that the Scripture ties that to faith. Because if I really believe He's there, I'm going to search Him out. If I were to tell you there was $50 hidden in the sanctuary, if you didn't really believe me, you might look around a little while and then head on home. But if you truly believed what I was saying, there is $50 hidden in this room, you find it, you can have it, you would be a lot more apt to search until it was found. I'm going to find that. Why? Because we value. I'm, I'm using money because it's easy for us to associate value. But I value my relationship with God far greater than any of those things. I've got to diligently seek after it. So what are you looking for? We could discuss the miracle of salvation. The fact that God came to be a man. We touched on that a moment ago. He came, He shed His blood, He died. Much of Christianity, though, treats salvation as if it was the object of our exploration. And it's not. They treat it as though, like, if I just get deep enough, if I can just experience salvation then I, I have succeeded and my exploration comes to an end. I don't, I don't need to explore anything else because I've been, I've been saved. It's this thinking that leads many people to backslide. Because, and this is, this is difficult to say, but if all I experience is the, the momentary or the brief experience, that's what it is, of salvation, and then I stop exploring, then even my salvation can become dull and boring after a while. It can just be something that, that happened, something that took place, and it gets farther and farther behind in the past. It's just as powerful as it was the day it happened, but I haven't gone any further, and so now I'm just coming to church on Sunday. I'm just, you know, I, I go through, I make sure I read my Bible because I have to read my Bible, and I set aside time for prayer because that's what Christians do, and, and we just approach this thing as if we have already arrived and we're just kind of treading water until Jesus comes. The idea that once I've obeyed the gospel, I'm done searching is faulty. The salvation experience is all you achieve. It's, it's just, it's possible to get cold. Cold to the things of God. Salvation is the equivalent to a Christian as a, a maritime explorer acquiring a vessel. So if you're going to sail the seas, you've got to have a boat, right? Salvation, is, is that's what it is. It would be the shuttle to the astronaut. It's the untouched dig site to the archaeologist. It's the vehicle. It, it's the possibility. I'm not downplaying salvation, but it is vital to our success success, if I can talk straight, as Christians to continue to grow. Jesus said in John 3, when He's talking to Nicodemus, that we are born again, and that is when we enter the kingdom of heaven. John 3, right around chapter number 3. 
or I'm sorry, verse number three. We enter into the kingdom of heaven. But that's all we've seen. When you walk through the front door of somebody's house, there's only so much you can see. You don't know what the what the kingdom looks like. You're just you're just on the right side of the threshold at that point. That's salvation. Jesus says when you're born again, you've entered the kingdom of heaven. Our ultimate goal should not be salvation. It should be that we desire a restored relationship with Jesus. Salvation is the vehicle that makes that possible. And then once I'm once I am available, once I'm saved, I've been I've repented of my sins. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. God's filled me with the Holy Ghost. Now I've stepped into the kingdom, but I've got a, a whole kingdom ahead of me to explore. Endless possibilities. It's it's a place of endless, endless possibility. Listen to what the angel tells Mary about the kingdom of God. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 33. The angel shows up. Mary, you're going to have a son. There's this exchange. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to happen. I'm afraid. And, and the angel starts to say some things to her. He says, or it says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Of his kingdom there shall be no end. I told you I was preaching a land of unending discovery. When I step into the kingdom of God, the Scripture says there's, there's no end. I can search all I want to. I can de- de- uh, <laughs> dedicate my entire life to seeking out the things of God. And if I lived to be a thousand years old, I wouldn't find the borders of the kingdom of God. I would never fully exhaust the avenues of His grace. I, I could search and search and search, and there would always be something else to discover, always something else to learn about God. If you find yourself growing bored in the kingdom, maybe it's time to begin a new adventure. If things have become a little bit dull, or they feel just like, like drudgery or routine, maybe it's time to start out on a new adventure. An exploration of deeper relationships. I would present to you ideas today that you could explore the avenues of availability. God, I, I'm a little afraid of this. I've never really put myself out there like that, but, but I, I'm available. What is it that you want me to do? I'm going to give this thing a shot. It, it's scary. The countdown, it, it shakes me up a little bit. Things are rumbling, and I don't, but I, I want to know what's out there. I'm going to explore the avenues of availability. Maybe it's the peaks of prayer. A friend of mine challenged me recently in talking about prayer. and He made a statement. He said, oftentimes we're playing checkers while the enemy is playing chess. We're playing checkers while the enemy is playing chess. And so the pawns easily they, they take care of most of our checkers. What he was saying is, he said, we spend all of our time in prayer in a responsive posture. Oh, there's racial tension. Let's pray about that. Oh, something bad happened over here. Let's pray about that. And behind those pawns on the chessboard are the kings and the bishops and the knights. And he referred me to the Scripture that said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but 
but against powers and principalities and rulers of darkness. And, and what if we got a little more proactive and we began to explore the, the mountain peaks of prayer and rather than just responding to every little thing that's going on around us, we started to call out the promises of Scripture where He said, whatsoever things you bind on earth are going to be bound in heaven and whatsoever things you loose on earth are going to be loosed in heaven. What if we started to call out some promises of God in our family and we started to, to limit the activity of Satan in our communities? We've got to explore. You say, well, I don't know how because I've never been there. Well, that's why it's called exploring. I don't want to be stuck playing checkers. I know that. What if we explored the fields of fasting? That's not necessarily scary. It's just really uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean... It is what it is, but God, I, I want to. Your word says that we should fast, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna begin to explore that. I'm gonna begin to tell the flesh no a little bit, and I'm gonna begin to feed the spirit more, and and I'm gonna see what that's all about. I'm gonna explore the depths of greater dedication, God. I'm, I'm going to begin to explore the green pastures of grace. Grace is an amazing thing. The fact that God gives to people things that they do not deserve. So God, as I explore this, I, I want to find it in my life and, and I want You to use me to extend grace into other people's life. Give me an opportunity to extend grace to somebody. Help me to, to further understand what You've done through or to me by allowing me to do it to somebody else. Those are hard prayers to pray because that means that God's going to have to send a grace builder into your life. You know what a grace builder is? It's somebody that just rubs you like sandpaper. They always say the wrong thing and they're always in your space and they stand a little bit too close and you have to just extend grace. You've got to extend grace. I'm going to explore the force of fellowship as I, I seek out into the kingdom of God. Fellowship. But, oh man, I'm so busy. i got stuff going on. I'm as guilty as anybody. We could all do better at fellowship. We could all do better at not allowing the so-called needs or pressures of life to overtake our calendar and stifle out the relationships that we have with people that are going to encourage us in our walk with God. We've got to make time for it and begin to explore fellowship. I'm going to explore the high places of holiness. God, help me to become more like You and less like this world. Explore the mountains of the miraculous. We sang about it, the same song I mentioned earlier. Miracles can happen. And we sing about it. Well, you know what? I want to see it. I don't want to just read about the missionaries overseas that are seeing people come out of wheelchairs. I want to see people get up out of wheelchairs. I want to see blinded eyes open. Supernatural healing take place. Supernatural provision take place. You know sometimes why we don't see those things? Here's a, a revolutionary question. When's the last time any of us laid hands on a blind man and prayed for them to receive their sight? Oh, that's scary. It is scary. It is scary. And I want to explore that because God said that it was available. These signs shall follow them which believe. They're going to cast out devils. They're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We're believers, aren't we? Well, then there ought to be signs and wonders that follow, but we've got to be willing to step out of the arena of comfort and begin to explore some things that we're not as confident in to allow God to move. Give Him the opportunity to answer those prayers by praying them. I'm going to explore giving. I, I want to explore the rivers of revival. 
I want to explore the, the waves of the Word. I want to explore the, the ponds of perseverance. And I could continue to list the attributes of the kingdom. I just ran out of geographical things to compare them to. Because there's no end to God's kingdom. Maybe it's time to start a new adventure. 1 Corinthians 16, chapter 11. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face until you receive salvation. Is that what it says? Yeah, Chronicles. Did I say Corinthians? Sorry. Yeah, thank you. Good looking out. First Chronicles 16.11 Seek the Lord and His strength and seek His face until you receive your blessing. Seek the Lord and His strength and seek His face until you feel peace. No, it says seek His face and his, seek the Lord and His strength and seek His face continually. Continually. Man, what, what are you looking for? I'm looking for Jesus. I thought you already knew Jesus. I do. But I want to know Him more. I want to go a little farther. I, I want to go just a little bit deeper. I'm not throwing stones at what I've already got. I'm grateful. I'm blessed. I'm happy. But, but man, there's so much more to this God that I serve. I, I'm, just, I'm just looking for Jesus. Walking through life looking for Jesus. You ever go to purchase a new car and, and you do some research on one? And let's say you want a, a blue 1995 Astro van. Reaching back. And you haven't seen one in 25 years, but, but now that you're looking into them, you drive down the road and you're like, there's a blue 1995 Astro van. There goes a blue. And everywhere you look, there's blue 1995 Astro vans. Why? Because you're looking for them. Seek His face continually. We sang another song today. I don't know why I'm on these songs, but I think sometimes we sing things we don't fully understand. Songs of praise surround us. That was a... a I'm not music, but I think it was a bridge or a chorus that we sang. What does that even mean? We just sing songs of praise around, and we're just singing away. What are we talking about? Everywhere we look, there's things that are declaring the goodness of God. Nature itself is declaring it. And how God's moving in that person's life is declaring it. And, and what He's doing in my family. And, and everywhere I look, songs of praise are there. And if I'm not looking for them, it's easy for me to just pass right on by but if I'm seeking the face of God continually, then everywhere I look, there's another opportunity to praise God. There's, there's another thing to learn about Jesus. See, we can both say, I know Jesus. And we could also very accurately say, I don't know Jesus very well. Because the most spiritual of us have so much more to learn about His majesty and His glory and His holiness and His power. We, we have no idea... Even the Holy Ghost that fills us is incredibly powerful. And the Scripture says that it's the earnest of our inheritance. It's like the, the little down payment that you get to make sure the other party's not going to back out of the deal. It's nowhere near the full value of what you're going to experience. It's, it's just the earnest of what we're destined to inherit. Isaiah 55 and 6 again encourages us to seek God but it also offers a warning. Isaiah 55 and 6. Um, did I put it in there? I have it here. Yeah, I got it. Okay. 
<laughs> Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. That's encouraging and it's terrifying all at the same time. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. We're living in what we would call the church age. We're living in a time of grace. A time period in which God can be found. When I seek Him, He is there. He is available. The Scripture says He is as close as the mention of His name. He'll never leave us or forsake us. There are so many promises like that in Scripture, but there is an expiration date on the availability of God. There is a day when the church will be removed from this world and judgment will begin to be poured out. And at that point, it will be too late to seek God. Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. There is an expiration date on our ability to access God's ear and to seek Him. The good news for us today is that day has not come yet. When I look around and I survey our times and the things that are going on in our world, I believe we're very close to that day. When I truly consider what Scripture says about the end times, men shall be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. Boasters, proud, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. When I survey everything that's happening, I personally feel we're very close to that time frame. The good news is, we're not there yet. I can still seek the Lord. He can still be found. He can still be found. So today, as I close this message, I want to extend an invitation of exploration. Like uh, the old ship captain or the, the explorer who's gathering up a crew. An invitation of, of exploration. Over the next 12 weeks during our Sunday services, we're going to go through a series entitled Exploring God's Word. It's going to be on one hand, extremely informative. It's a lot like the, the Bible study that we went through. I guess it's been some time now, Search for Truth. And so we're going to look at an overview of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. We're going to have uh, to gain access and information. We're going to learn. I've had some, some really neat questions lately come up. And for those that are on the peripheral of our church, they're not here today, I think of Brandon. Um, be praying for these people. Because they're trying to come out of one world and into another. They're trying to step into the kingdom of God. And when we think back to our own experiences, those are not easy transitions to make. But questions like, what is the Old Testament? Does it matter? You know, what, what does testament even mean? And so we're going we're gonna to walk through some things. And we're going to gain a lot of understanding. I'm going to do my best to be able to put together and provide a handout every time. I want you to be able to leave with a resource, so you can go back, because if you're going to cover the, the whole Bible in 12 weeks, that sometimes feels like drinking out of a fire hydrant, so I want you to be able to go back and, and see the high points, help you follow along, but it's not also informational, every, every week there's also going to be an action step, because I told you before, I could take out my maps at home, and I can roll out those maps of the boundary waters that I bought, and I can, I can memorize where every lake is, but I have, I have not yet explored those areas. 
no matter how familiar I become with the map. And so as, as we explore the map, as we explore God's Word, there's also got to be a one foot in front of the other type of application. Okay, God, if that's, if that's what Your Word says, if that's what it teaches, then, then that's the way we want to live. That's, that's what we want to try to do. We want to step into that area and explore it a little bit. So, there will be a, a point. I don't want you to think I'm just going to teach for 12 weeks straight without, I say without preaching. I would draw a line between teaching and preaching as to where teaching is strictly informational and preaching calls us to make a decision. There's going to be a combination of both that takes place. I have no doubt in my mind that a lot of you will be here faithfully over the course of the next 12 weeks. I, I just don't doubt that. I could look back at an attendance chart and say that. But I also realize that it's possible for us to be present in every single one of these sessions and never leave the spot that we're in spiritually. We can come to church every week till Jesus comes and not take any steps out of where we are. So today, I'm, I'm here to recruit volunteers. I'm here to ask you to commit to going on a journey. Let's explore God's Word together. I think there's going to be moments where it becomes scary. Moments where God's Word calls us to do things or to adopt mindsets or to let go of things that that we don't know how to we don't know how to do it. And it's scary. But there's also endless possibilities. And it's those endless possibilities that should drive us to continue to explore the kingdom of God of which there is no end. I'd ask you to stand. We're going to pray. Normally we would have music and we would have an altar call, but Really what I'm, I'm trying to call you to today at the end of this message is a decision. A commitment. A commitment to see it through. A commitment to, to go through this. I really think God wants to take us on a journey. So there are a few things I want us to pray together before we go today. That is that God would lead us on this journey. I keep going back to a practical example. You know what made my trip to the Boundary Waters easy? is I went with someone that had gone there over 20 times. I had a guide to say. We want Jesus to be our guide. I want Him to reveal new things about Himself and about His kingdom. Not that they're new in existence, but they're going to be new to us. I want us to pray that our relationship with Him would be deepened along the way. And that we would have the faith and the courage to apply what we find in God's Word to our life. So if you would, pray with me. Let's ask God for these things. If you're, if you're willing to commit to this, lift your voice and pray. And let's see where God takes us. Jesus, we thank You for Your Word. God, I can't imagine trying to navigate the Christian lifestyle without the Bible instructing us and teaching us and telling us. We recognize today that You are are so much greater than our understanding of You. You're bigger, You're smarter, You're more powerful, You're more loving, You're just. And God, I'm praying that as we set out on a new adventure, as we begin to explore Your Word and dig into it, see what it has to say and try to put it all in context, God, that You would lead us, that You would guide us, that You would pull out the information that You want pulled out in every session and every lesson. 
God, I'm asking that You would reveal some things to us about Yourself that we've yet to, to learn. And I know that can be different for every person. I pray corporately that we would grow. That's been our goal all year. We continue. God, we want to grow. But Lord, individually, I, I want to learn some new things about You. I want to go deeper in my relationship. I pray, God, that we would be come more like You, that we would learn things that You like, that You don't like. And then, Lord, out of love, we would begin to do those things, not, not from biblical mandate, but simply knowing that that's what You desire. The love that we have for You would compel us to do these things. Help us to, to develop in our relationship with You to move forward. And God, when it's all said and done and the information is there and it's laid out before us, and we have to battle that battle between fear and faith, I pray, Lord, that You would give us the courage and the boldness and the ability to trust You over our emotions or our past experiences to put one foot in front of the other and to begin to move spiritually, to set out on a new adventure, God, and to begin to explore the kingdom that You've allowed us into. God, we're grateful for salvation, but I don't believe it's Your will that we hang out in the entryway of the kingdom. You've set before us a, a, a land of endless of endless possibility. Help us to explore it. Help us to find it. Lead us and guide us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you'd like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online to fergusunited.org. And also don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. That way you will be automatically notified of our new episodes. Thank you very much and we hope you have a great week. God bless you.